favorite thriller. Presented by The Thriller Fiction Podcast. Jim Heskett talks to thriller authors about their favorite thriller books. And now, here's your host. Hello, I'm chatting today with David F. Behrens, or Dave as we call him. How you doing, Dave? I'm pretty good, Jim. How you doing today? Not too bad, not too bad. Let me tell our uh, audience a little bit about you. David Behrens has traveled up and down the East Coast and has been a tourist at every beach from Key West to Polly's Island. Today he calls Knoxville, Tennessee home, but constantly dreams of sun and sand and ocean breezes. He has a beautiful wife, a rambunctious little girl, and a happy little boy who remind him daily of why he is alive. A constant reader of Florida fiction, Dave has enjoyed the likes of Carl Hyacin, Tim Dorsey, Randy Wayne White, Lawrence Shames, and Leonard Elmore, just to name a few. So when he decided to create a series of island thrillers, he did his best to capture that zany quality so many of these amazing writers use in their work. Someday, he hopes he'll be able to enjoy writing his books with a view of the ocean. Be sure to check out David F. Behrens for more information and to join his reader group. So, Dave, I can't help but notice the one thing you didn't note here in your Amazon bio is how you relentlessly update your book covers <laughs> once a week. It is true. It is true. Yeah. You know, you're always looking for the uh, the one thing to make them sell a little bit better. And that's uh, it's one of those things I like doing. So I update them constantly. So. Yeah. I think they're pretty well set now. I don't think they're going anywhere. <laughs> well, I think your uh, Troy Bodine covers look pretty good. Um, I know Thank you've you. tweaked those quite a bit, and they, they look nice. They look uh, quite foreboding and intense. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. <clears throat> so tell us a little bit about you and your writing, maybe what's not in your Amazon bio. Well, uh, the Troy Bodine series is kind of the flagship series. Um, I write those uh, approximately – maybe three times a year. Uh, I put out a new book maybe three times a year. And um, each one of those uh, was almost unplanned. Uh, you know, I wrote the first one without much uh, thought about turning it into a series, but uh, it, it sold and it did well. And I had a lot of people asking when part two was coming out. So uh, I threw a story together and uh, came up with another story uh, after that. And they've just kind of rolled right along. So hmm. it's been a good thing. It's been a really nice uh, surprise. Mm-hmm. So the we're talking today about your favorite thriller, and the book that you wanted to talk about was Mr. Mercedes by Stephen King. That's right. Can you give us like a little spoiler-free synopsis or a teaser? Just tell us what the book's about. Yeah, it's, it, it's Stephen King's uh, sort of foray into what you might call a police procedural. Um, it does kind of follow the detective, uh, and then on the flip side of that, it follows the, the sort of um, – the bad guy, if you will, and uh, you get to see the viewpoint of the detective as he's investigating the case, and then you also get to see the viewpoint of the um, the, the criminal, the the perp, as they call it. And um, so it's really cool because you get to you you actually get to get inside the mind of that killer and see why he's doing these things. And so, uh, without without revealing too much, um, you of course find out that uh, the detective is is trailing this guy as he's planning the next, the next big, uh, I don't know what to call it, massacre. So at the very, very beginning of the book, this guy comes out of the fog and kills a lot of people driving a Mercedes into a line where people are waiting to go to a job fair. Uh, that crime sort of kicks things off, and then we see the development of this character into his next, uh, his next planned uh, killing, I guess. So 
it's very intense. Uh, it does, it does, I guess maybe cross the line into, I don't guess it really gets into horror too much, but it, as, as is Stephen King is famous for, you know, it kind of, it does send some chills up and down your spine. Yeah. I think, uh, I I've read that one and I don't think it has any supernatural right. elements to it, but I think it's kind of one of those Stephen King books where he sort of might imply that there could be something supernatural going on right in the background. Stephen King is yeah. one of those rare writers who he can, he can write a book that kind of touches on five or six different genres at once. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, thriller is, is something that's relatively uncommon for him. You know, um, mm-hmm. the straight thriller with no vampires or werewolves in it. Right. But I think this book qualifies. You could call it a thriller or a police procedural because right. it does uh, follow a lot of those, uh, a lot of those tropes, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Wh- one of the things that Stephen King is, is known for is developing. I think one of the reasons he's had such longevity is the way he's able to develop characters that are very relatable and mm. feel very human. Do you think that Mr. Mercedes is more character based or is it more plot based? Uh, I definitely think it's character based. Uh, you're immediately immersed into the world of the detective. Um, he's retired and, you know, possibly not uh, the happiest he's ever been. Um, he's sort of, he's sort of in the place where he is uh, alone and doesn't have anything to do anymore because he's now retired. And so there's even the suggestion that he's dealing with suicidal thoughts, uh, depression, and things like that. And on the flip side of that, the interesting part about that is, is uh, so is the the criminal mind, the guy that's perpetrating all this, Mr. Mercedes. He is also struggling with these issues. And when you boil it down, it's a cop chasing a bad guy. Um, So the plot is a a fairly common one. But because you got uh, such incredible character development with these two guys, especially, um, you really you really do relate. Um, You know, it's one of those things where if you can take a character that's a, a retired detective that I have absolutely nothing in common with and make me feel for him and want to see him succeed. And then on the other side of that, understand, you know, if, if you can say this, understand why this Mr. Mercedes guy is committing these atrocities, that's that's really incredible. Um, Stephen King's always been really, really good at that, taking a character that maybe you don't relate to and making him very relatable. Mm-hmm. I remember um, I saw Stephen King give a... Um... A speech somewhere it was on a youtube video and he was writing mr mercedes at the time and so he talked a lot about that and i think if i remember this right he said that initially he was writing it as a short story mm-hmm. because from what i remember near the beginning of the book after mr mercedes drives the car and kills all those people then we switch to the cop was his name bill yeah bob bill. Mm-hmm. Where, bill. where bill gets um and it's something to do with the Mr. Mercedes sent him a letter taunting him mm-hmm. or something like that, that he would never That's be correct. able to figure it out. And that yeah. the short story ended with Bill putting the gun in his mouth mm, and killing okay. himself. Oh my gosh. But, but as Stephen King was writing it, he decided he liked this Bill character too much to kill yeah. him off after 30 pages. And so he wanted to actually see where it would go. Yeah. That's hard to imagine that that scene happens. Uh, you know, in the book, the the detective is sitting at home and he actually has the gun on the bedside table or on the uh, just the side table. And uh, his thoughts are, you know, 
definitely dark. Um, you know, he's definitely in that place. And uh, something about the way the character, the Mr. Mercedes character taunts him, uh, brings him back to life. You know, he really wants to get this guy. Mm -hmm. And um, the irony is, is that Mr. Mercedes is really trying to push Bill over the edge and make him make him commit the suicide. But in turn, it uh, it makes him give it up. You know, he puts the gun away and starts on the crime and starts on the case and uh, gives him a reason to be, you know, gives him a reason to live. So it's really, it's really in-depth. It's really cool. So you were talking about how, uh, you know, that Bill was having uh, some suicidal thoughts and Mr. Mercedes was as well. So it kind of sounds mm -hmm. like you were describing that they're, in a way, sort of mirrors of each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's part of what makes him a compelling villain. That's right. Yeah, if he's just a super bad guy, um, you know, you, you kind of don't really care um, you don't really care if the guy gets killed or murdered and you know, he should, he's a bad guy, but it's one of those where if you don't really understand where he's coming from, he becomes very two dimensional. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think when you give the guy, okay, he's, he's murdered a lot of people. Um, but you know, his redeeming qualities by following him, you know, in his world, you understand at least what his warped motivation is. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes him a real character, not just sort of a caricature. So do you think in a in, in a to to have a great thriller that the hero is more important or the villain? Ooh, boy, that's a good question. Uh, I think a good thriller actually blurs those lines sometimes. Um, you know, a thriller that is really well done uh, shows you that the villain that the villain has reasons, um, and you know, it's one of those things where. You, you don't pull for the villain, you know, the villain, you don't root for the villain, but you get it in a weird sort of way. You know, you kind of understand if he's just a bad guy and just going around killing people, you're like, oh, I want him to get what's coming to him. And, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately you do. But it's it's interesting because I think you're right. And you touched on it. These guys are flip sides of a coin that don't have anything to do with each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they they are the heads and tails, but. Uh, they're related in a lot more ways than maybe maybe Bill Hodges wants to admit. Yeah, sometimes you see in a thriller that the, and I don't think this applies to Mr. Mercedes, but in some thrillers, the hero and the villain both want the same thing for different mm -hmm. reasons. Right. Yeah, it's, it's one of those uh, tricky lines to, to travel along. You know, you don't want to make the bad guy too, too, too bad. I mean, you know, you want him to be evil in a way. And you don't want the good guy to be too, too good. You know, you don't want this vanilla mm -hmm. sort of black and white because honestly, that's that's rare in the in the actual real world. So why would you get that in a thriller? Yeah. So would you describe Mr. Mercedes as a page turner? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think you get to the end of each scene or each chapter and you almost have to turn the page to see what what is getting ready to happen, what's going to happen next. And Stephen King does a great um he has a technique that's it's almost meta in a way because he will talk about something that has not happened yet. Uh, for instance, in the very beginning, and this is no, there's no spoiler here, but there's a guy standing in the line um, when the Mercedes is going to plow them down. And he, he makes a comment, Stephen King makes a comment about the guy's left arm that will soon be torn from his body. You know, it's a really sort of odd meta moment because it hasn't happened yet. And you as the reader are sort of like, oh, wait, what happened? What did, what did, he said somebody's going to lose their arm. 
So you almost have to turn the page and figure out where that's, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to do, what's going to tear this guy's arm off. So he's he gets away with it where a lot of writers couldn't. Really. Stephen King has a has an uncanny ability to just create the most um, tense suspense, I think, from and and to delay it and to prolong it. Like I remember. Mm-hmm. After the movie, I read that book, It, which is definitely not a thriller, but it has a lot of thrilling moments in it. I read it in high school and it terrified me. And then after the movie came out, I read the book again. Um, And there's a scene uh, early on. Well, I say early on, but it's probably about 200 pages into the book where uh, how can I say this without spoiling anything where a character is a character is at home with his wife and he's extremely Mm -hmm. upset and he goes in the bathroom and locks the door. And then the following scene is from his wife's point of view and she's outside the door and she's trying to call out to her husband. She's, you know, saying, are you okay? What's going on Mm -hmm. in there? I'm worried about you. And in the scene, you just want to find out what's going on in that bathroom. Is he okay? And Stephen King spends like 15 pages (laughs) before you actually get to open the door. Yeah. And it's, it's maddening. It's yeah. like 15 pages of this deep, intense suspense before you get to find out if the yeah. guy's okay on the other side of the door. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, I think, part of, part of the reason why he's a why everything he puts out becomes a number one bestseller because he just pulls you into the story and makes you on the edge of your seat worried about what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has the talent of making, you know, the inciting incident of the uh, Mister Mercedes novel is you know, the guy driving the car into these people and, and murdering a lot of people. Mm. And he spends, like you said, 15, 20 pages talking about the people in line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, dropping little hints like, you know, that he, the arm that he would lose here in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you get through this in depth, uh, opening scene just to see them plowed over and then never come back. And, you know, that's a, it's again, one of those things you're, you're on the edge of your seat and you get to the end of it and you realize, Oh my gosh, all those people are now no longer in this book. You know, they're gone. So it's mm-hmm. like you said, Stephen King has a talent for that for sure. So Mr. Mercedes was a was, was a series or was it um he wrote some more books after this featuring that character, right? Right. There are three. There are three in the series. Um and I can't remember what the second one and the third one are called, but he um I think he he ends the first one with a with closure, but then it I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away, but, uh, but it definitely opens up for the next one. Um, you know, there's definitely a, I guess you'd call it a mild cliffhanger. Um, you know, the story sort of ends, but he leads you into the next one. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's expertly done. It's not sort of one of those where you, you're mad because he left it open. As a reader, uh, Dave, how do you, how do you feel about cliffhangers? I like them. I, I don't mind them at all. I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons why Netflix shows are so popular and, you know, uh, series shows, Amazon Prime and those things, because a lot of times the episode ends and you are dying to see what happens next. So what do you do? You just you play the next one. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, it's a similar device, uh, even from chapter to chapter. And I don't mind it, um, especially if I'm really enjoying it. And I got to the end and I want more than boom, I'm going to I'm going to buy the next one. So I don't think it's some people don't like it and I get it. I understand. But if the story's that good and you get to the end and you're like, oh, no, um, you know, get the next one. See what happens next. I read a piece of advice one time about Netflix series that if you if there's a series that 
it always uh, every show ends on a, every episode ends on a cliffhanger and you can't take it that the thing to do is to stop the episode to pause it about 10 minutes before the end right because by that point they'll have usually wrapped up the <laughs> episode arc but then you yeah. don't get into that territory of the thing that's going to make you like if you have somewhere to be right yeah <laughs> stop it about 10 minutes before it's over and right. then just come back and watch that later when you have time to Anyway, to roll into the next one. Yeah, no, I know exactly. We, my wife and I have had this exact conversation because we <laughs> always know when the cliffhanger is coming. Oh, here it comes, you know, 10, 15 minutes in till the end and you're going to get the, the new scene that draws you in. So. Yeah. So I know when you were when we were discussing what book you were going to uh, talk about, um, you you uh, you you gave me a few options, but mm -hmm. we we settled on talking about Mr. Mercedes. Uh, what's what is the one thing you think that makes Mr. Mercedes stand above other thrillers that you might want to you might want to have talked about? Um, well, to be honest with you, I have tried a lot of different thriller authors, and um, naturally, I bounce uh, between genres. I do a lot of action adventure reading, and I do um, you know I write uh, tropical thrillers or sea based thrillers, Florida fiction, that kind of thing. So I read quite a few of those authors, and. I actually have tried to read some sort of straight up thrillers that just didn't hold me. Um, and I think it comes back to what we saw, what we said before the characters, I just didn't care. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I just didn't really mind that the bad guy was bad or the good guy was good. And, um, I think Mr. Mercedes and Stephen King, you know, as a writer in general does a really good job of making me really care. Um, I want to know what's happening. Why is this guy, sitting with a gun on his side table and considering, you know, taking his life. Why did this guy pick a Mercedes and why is he running into people that are, you know, in a job fair in line? And uh, it's a lot deeper than even my description there, but I think that's what makes it stand above. I have to know. Um, I've read it before and I went back to sort of just refresh my memory before our uh, interview. And I was like, I still want to know. I'm still, I'm still trying to get to the end of it <laughs> mm -hmm. to see what happens, and and that's pretty good sign. You know, they can keep your attention even when you know the story and know what's going to happen. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, I completely agree with your take on thrillers. There's some, um, some that I tried to read, even some very very popular thrillers that I couldn't get into because I didn't find a reason to care about what the hero was doing early right. on in the book. Um, so have you, um, do you, are you, uh, have you read everything by Stephen King or do you pick and choose? Do you like, cause you know, he crosses so many genres. Yeah. Do you look to see like what it's about or do you just, are you a big Stephen King fanatic? I I'm kind of a fanatic. Um, you know, when it comes out, I pretty much get it now in the beginning I didn't. And I'll be honest, I haven't read many of the early ones. I haven't read, um, Christine, I have not read Carrie. Um, you know, I haven't read Pet Cemetery, though I've seen the movies for all of these. Uh, I did read It, um, and probably the first one that made me really gravitate to him was Hearts in Atlantis, and that's not even a really uh, big, big hit of his. But since then, I've pretty much gotten everything. Um, you know, even to uh, The Stand and um, The Dark Tower and things like that that cross into some fantasy elements and um you know so i i've gotten to where now i just i trust that he's gonna give me a good story and i pick it up so, so i'll tell you uh read carrie read pet okay. cemetery you can skip christine <laughs> okay gotcha. Christ christine's <laughs> not that it's it was okay but it's not that great but okay in gotcha. general i think his early stuff is is a lot of his best 
Um, really? Yeah, Carrie was great. Uh, the okay. Shining, Salem's Lot. Um, yeah, and I read The Shining, and then I, I read Doctor Sleep after, mm-hmm. um, which is the sort of you know, the the sequel that happened. I don't know how many twenty years later or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, enjoyed those a lot. So, I'll take your advice. <laughs> so what? What? Here's a kind of a general question about thrillers. What do you think makes a thriller a thriller? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, because you know as well as I do, I gave you you know several choices, and I was like, well, is that really a thriller? Does that really? hit the tropes, does that hit the things that make me think that this belongs in thriller, a thriller genre category, or uh, is it just a suspense, you know? And so that's where I get a little bit, you know, I get a little bit mixed up where it could be a suspense novel, it could be a thriller novel, but I think that, I think thrillers boil down to the villain, the bad guy, giving you a, a chill, sort of a like, ooh, this, this is very creepy. You know, what if this really happened? Um, I had a similar moment in my own life when I took my wife, daughter, and son to the zoo. Uh, here recently, they we wanted to go to the zoo. We went, we took them, we were walking around, and they had to go to the bathroom. Somebody had to go to the bathroom. So my wife and daughter maybe uh, stayed outside, and I walked into the bathroom and walked out, and they had moved on, and I couldn't find them. And so the instant, you know, problem is your ma- your mind says all of the, you know, tells you all of the worst possible things that could have happened. And, uh, you know, in my mind, a writer's mind, I'm thinking, oh, that's a great beginning to a, you know, to a story. You walk out, something really bad has happened that sends chills up and down your spine. Um, you know, I don't mean it to sound like it probably is going to sound, but if you see a shooting or you see something like that, or you see a crime happen, that doesn't have thrills in the same way that walking out of the bathroom and, and your people being gone has, you know, I write more crime fiction that has a murder or, you know, a bad event that kicks off everything. But a thriller, I think has to make you afraid of that thing happening in your own life. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the interesting ways of looking at it. You know, if that happened to me, I would be terrified. So that's know? an interesting take on it. So so for you, a thriller has more to do with the sense of dread that yeah. the villain that the villain produces throughout the story? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think okay. when you talk when you start talking about a real true thriller and you see this a lot now that people are sort of dipping into psychological thrillers, you know, um, the girl on the train and these these kinds of movies and and books where there's a relatable sense of fear you know there's a a scene where you you've been there you know you've been in that scene and there's something inside of you that clicks and and gets afraid mm-hmm. um, and i think that for me is kind of where i feel like it goes into thriller category mm-hmm. you know if i can feel that that to me says it's a thriller Okay, so now that we have uh, thoroughly talked through Mr. Mercedes, Dave, what book of yours would you like to talk about? You know, I um, I wrote Rogue Wave, which is the first book in the Troy Bowden series, as a connection of characters. Um, you know, there are there's a string of characters all after the same thing, and to me, it was more fun to tell who the people were because it's pretty obvious why they were going after the, the thing. In this case, it's a hat. And um, it's, 
it's more about how each character relates to the hat and how each character chases the hat. Uh, trying not to spoil my own book, but um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I liked examining who the characters were, why they were there, why they were after it, and showing some, in my case, some fun stuff and some zany stuff. So Rogue Wave, the first book, definitely one of my favorites for that reason. So the, I'm looking for it here. The, uh, yeah, the the tagline, what would you do if you found a hat with a $7 million check inside? What if it came off a dead man's head? That's a great hook. It's not too bad. I've worked on that just like the covers. You know, I've tried to, uh, tried to mess around with it and uh, get it to be, to tell you what's going on without spoiling it. You know, that's the real trick. If you can yeah. get a hook that, that grabs you without revealing the, the secret or the big thing that's going to happen. Yeah. And I think you got something there. Well, that's a pretty compelling beginning, you know, because I think when you ask, what would you do? That's because Troy Bodine sounds like just kind of a regular guy who's thrust into an extraordinary circumstance. And, you know, you find a hat that's got a whole bunch of money inside it and you find out that it's related to a dead man. I think that's a pretty interesting hook. That's, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Nice. (laughs) Thanks, man. Well, Dave, is there anything else you want to let the audience know before we go? I don't think so. Um, I would definitely, if you're into thrillers, pick up Mr. Mercedes. You can read the first one and not necessarily have to to move on to the second and third. Um, But I think you probably will. You know, I think when you get to the end, it leaves you with a hook. And I think that's the reason it's such a great thriller. And I think everybody should pick up Rogue Wave, a Troy Bodine tropical thriller, book one. And there's... Six books in the series now? Six books in the series, another one on the way, so and we're rolling right along. The spin-off series, uh, spin-off series coming soon? Yeah, we Troy has a brother. Uh, a lot of people didn't know that, but he appears in the second book, and um, it it is a slightly different take. It's more action-adventure, uh, and it sort of gets into the realm of a Clive Custler book, you know, so it's got some some crossings of the Atlantic ocean and some dives and some salvage and cool stuff like that. So Mm. I'm currently working on that and I don't want to give away too much about it because we're going to be doing the whole series and releasing them pretty much back to back. And Mm -hmm. uh, that should happen mid to late summer. Okay, great. Well, uh, Dave, thanks for stopping by today and chatting with us about your book and about Mr. Mercedes. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Your Favorite Thriller podcast. I'm Jim Heskett, and if you want to support the show, please rate and review it online and tell a friend who loves thriller books. See you next time.